Welcome to Season 5, Episode 3 of the Golf Life Alberta Podcast. I am your host, Leah Snethen, and happy International Women's Day 2023. I am so excited to do this podcast. I have always kind of focused on the month of March being, you know, the women's podcast, um, but I've never actually done an International Women's Day release of the pod. So this one's I'm just, I'm so excited. We have so many awesome guests today. We're, we're going to be talking to a couple of juniors, to one of the best pros in the province, and um, a couple other ladies local to Calgary who have recently started a podcast as well, who are super fun. So really looking forward to it, and I hope you enjoy the podcast today. For me, I want to celebrate all the women in my life, and I hope you celebrate all the women in your life. I know for me, a big one is all the golf moms that I've gotten to know over the past few years who make such a big commitment and sacrifice to get their kids everywhere they need to be, which sometimes includes a lot of really expensive trips all over the place, like all over North America, sometimes even further than that. Um, so to the women who cheer other women on, who keep pushing the envelope, breaking the glass ceilings, or just simply learning how to put yourself first. I salute you today and always happy International Women's Day. First up, I would like to introduce you to a couple ladies. I'm gonna kind of split this into two different segments. We actually ended up talking for over two hours, so I won't subject you to all of it, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun getting to know uh, Blakely and Sonia, who just started uh, a new podcast and they're local out of Calgary. And their podcast is called Club Twirls with the Girls, and they talk about all sorts of things. And it's a great listen. I highly recommend you go listen to it. And here's a little bit of our banter, since I don't really get to have that conversational co-host stuff anymore. That's your bad kind ones. of the cool thing about our podcast is that we we have no pressure. We have no expectations. Recently, we've uh, we had a couple business meetings in Phoenix, you know, in the hot tub. Uh, absolutely we were having business yeah. meetings meetings um so we were doing these meetings and we're like what do we want out of this because we we w- knew we wanted to do a podcast together but it was like how do we start it how do we and then you know you're thinking about the instagram oh we can't launch an instagram without any pictures on it and it's one of those things where it's like if you wait until and this goes for really everything in life if you wait until you're ready you're never gonna start so we kept making excuses as to be like okay well we yeah. need to have pictures or like let's go get photos taken and then we were like but why 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 are like you making girls it in golf that are gonna be like you know the attractive good looking ones like we're just a couple of moms that just love golf like well we yeah. are attractive and good looking. i mean we are in our own way but we don't need like <laughs> but you're not scantily clad you're not like, wearing yeah, we, uh the low cut like, we have to do a branded photo shoot we have to do all this stuff and it's like we're we like, don't know we don't need this we have enough photos of us on the golf course like that's what it is and you know what we got we got passion we got passion for the game we love that's to be on the gram it's like let's just make some fun posts and then we'll build it from there and now it's like look at us now our conversations too have been like we don't necessarily want to be like we're women in golf like you know blah blah you know what I mean like we just want to exist without having to be like hi I'm a lady like I just want to be able to go out and play and not have to like reason why I'm here I declare I'm a woman (laughs) yeah like let's just go out and play I don't want to have to be wouldn't that be nice making excuses or anything I don't know it just you know with being a woman in golf too it's like there is such a there's such a movement right now of like you know we women belong on the golf course too and all this stuff and it's like it's just a very old sport and it's gonna take some time and like 
I don't know if personally I'm willing. I guess willing's the wrong word. That's not the fight that I want to fight. Like I can show up to a course and I still hundred percent every single time. It's like, you know, you get the guys looking, Oh, one time I played with some girlfriends and you get the guy, old guy playing behind me. And he's like, just so you know, five minute rule. If you can't find your ball, just yeah. Or pick it up. Or, you know, here I'm waiting to, to hit it on the green and you know, they're, they're kind of just like, you know, you can go now. And I was like, actually I can't, but then it puts that pressure on me. Cause like I can hit it pretty far, but what happens if now I duff it? And then you're just going to be like, so now I'm like, I don't want that pressure at all. Like, just let me play my game. And I know what I'm going to wait for you to clear the green. And I know when I'm not. And so, yes, you definitely get those comments and you know, those comments are never going to be said to a guy, even if they're totally crap, like yeah. be the worst yeah. golfer ever. And then no, they're never going to get that comment. Like, but a guy with like a 25 handicap is still standing on the tips and I'm getting crap for playing the whites. Like, no. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if that's our fight. Like, I don't really know. We just love golf and we want to play golf and we want to, you know, promote golf and we want to get women in golf. Thing about us though, is like, we like to have fun while we golf, but we play for keeps. Like we're not the kind of girl golfers that are going out. Yeah. We got the birdie juice flowing, but like, we're not like, just having a willy-nilly fun time like we like you're competitive play, play our game play our scores like yeah but also have fun while we're doing it so I think that there's like also support the girls that are just out there just because they want to play yeah yeah but I'm all like, I'm totally cool with we're that. just we play for because keeps. it's such an individual game you're really just playing against yourself so yeah right when I go out I'm just worried about my score but I mean I play for keeps so I'm disappointed if I hit a bad shot yes of course mm-hmm. on our tour you know and I've I've lost a couple I'll use the word chauvinistic guys that um, are not okay with the fact that I, a, a woman, happens to run my tour. It's weird to them. Saturdays are for the boys. Why is a female here? And um, I think very quickly, like, and I think a lot of the new players feel maybe a little bit off put by the fact that it's like this woman running this tour that that is ninety nine percent guys. Like, but. I, I want, you know, we're golfers. Everyone that plays on the tour is just a golfer, whether they're a male or a female, we're there to play like you guys play, play for keeps, right? Like it's just, we're a golfer. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter whether you're a guy or a girl. We just want to play golf. (laughs) I don't want to focus on the fact that I'm a lady and you're a dude. I just want to go out and play my game. And if you're in my group playing with me, that's great. That said though, I have kind of a funny story. We so we like love women who golf. Like it's just like, heck yeah. So we're in Phoenix and we're playing longbow and we're on the tee. We're waiting to tee off because it was a little bit slow. And we see these three girls roll up. It was oh, kind man. of one of those holes where we're going this way. And like a couple holes ahead is going this way. Yeah. And these three girls, I swear to God, they came out of a magazine. Oh. They are the hottest like, girls we've ever probably seen. Like five foot three, like 110 pounds, just just these perfect wearing these cute little outfits and they go back to To the the tips tips. we're like oh so we look at their bags they're asu golfers and we're just like instantly we're just like a fan girl we pick our jaws off the floor we were like (laughs) drooling like i think i love you like i'm sorry i'm taking my wedding ring off i'm like who are these women oh my god they stand up there the three of them just they crush their drives like the most beautiful swings you've ever seen me and blakely look at each other we like start puffing our chests up (laughs) We walk up to the forward <laughs> tees. We're like, <laughs> and the whole rest Here of the we game go. was like, those girls are doing it. We're going to do it. Like <laughs> it was something about them that was just like, you guys are so 
amazing and good looking oh, and like we we were in awe, awe and so that's where this whole average thing came from because we see them and we're like we're just a couple of average moms that love to golf yeah but like they were above average in every sort of way and that's just what we strive for so now we have a goal <laughs> it's to be 19 again. it's Perfect. there's just something about like a, a good woman golfer that I'm just like yeah. I get fired up and I'm like yes like that's where like I am a fan of the game and I'm a fan of of course watching the PGA um but when I see like the LPGA or when I see like a, a woman just like kicking ass I'm like oh this is why I, like I love yeah. this shit like and that's where you know we love posting about the LPGA because yeah. it's just like look at these women they're out here they don't care what they look like they're just out here doing it well okay speaking of being average and speaking of you know, starting early and being moms and all the things, this is something else that we have in common. And I wanted to touch on this because, I mean, we all kind of also relate to the fact that like, we've, we've got kids and what happens a lot of the time when women have kids is they end up giving up the game for a really long time. Even dads really like, yeah, it, yes, life gets crazy and busy, but just because you have kids and young kids, baby you know what before they can walk is absolutely the best time to have them on the golf course don't you think I think so getting them used to the noises the sounds the smells you just get them in that environment I think it's fantastic we've both kind of come up with our well all of us have come up with our own ways of of strapping our children (laughs) into the golf carts literally and figuratively yeah like like we we had we had full ratchet straps and and, i mean bungee cords wrap ratchet straps i think it starts with the golf course you know finding a golf course that's that's cool with it and once you find one and you know that that embraces the game and embraces that we want young people to be within the game then that's where you just start and you know chloe my daughter just turned one and you're right like that first year everyone's like how did you do it i played over 60 rounds of golf on my mat leave and that's probably more golf than i played in the last 10 years it was it was incredible like it was and i will start by saying like it's work and it's yeah. not going to be the same um you have to all the stuff you have to pack at the beginning i was pumping twice in a round on the way to golf at nine holes and after the round like it was a lot of stuff to bring it was making sure I had things for her a bug net like whatever it was the straps and then you have to also know that like okay maybe you have to change a diaper or she's crying and you have to kind of figure something out um so you're not going to be a hundred percent in the game but you're there you're golfing you're with your partner or just alone you have your baby there it's like this is there's nowhere else I'd rather be than on the course and and it takes a lot of patience. And thankfully, I had the best teacher in Blakely to really just tell me that this was going to be okay. Because I think that's such a big fear. You hear these things that are like, just wait till you have kids. Your life will never be the same. Just wait. And it has such a negative connotation. But it, I had the best year of my life. I traveled the world. I played as much golf as I ever have. And it's all because you just have to change that mindset. And hopefully, mm-hmm. we can give you a few tips and tricks today that like, can help because yeah, I learned everything I know from Blakely. I got my confidence of taking my kids out from my dad because when I was a child, that's what I did. He would take me to his men's nights. Like my brothers and I would be on a golf court with him at men's night and he would be getting razzed from the guys and he didn't phase him at all. His belief was always that there's some people that say kids don't belong on the golf course is not mm-hmm. a place for kids. And he said, contrary to that, I believe 
that's the best place for them. You learn, again, get used to the, the environment and everything, but you're outside, you uh-huh. learn the etiquette, you learn patience, all the things. So we were out there from the time that we were young. I don't remember a time I wasn't on a golf course and we lived out in the middle of nowhere. I'm talking about little municipal courses. I wasn't on a fancy, you know, private club or anything like that, but we were just there every day. Mm-hmm. And um, so then when I had my kids, my dad was just like three weeks old. We had my, my oldest there, Hendrix, strapped to a golf cart, taking him around. And yeah, you just adapt to it. Um, I find now as they've gotten older, I have another child now too. So I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. And now they're both walking and running around. And it is, it's less about me when I take them out. It's a family yeah. thing. So I'm focusing on them and making sure they're having a good time and everything. And I'll hit some shots and stuff, but I'm not in the zone. I Yeah. You're not playing one of those playing for keeps rounds, right? right it's just, right. you're but still more about out the there. Family environment, you know, everybody being together. But you still hit some shots and you still get to, and ho- the hope is that the more it's, it's with anything practice makes perfect. The more that you have the boys, you know, Blakely will say things like boys, like we use our golf, our golf oh. course voices. <laughs> And so they know, and like when they, when they're on the greens, they know to tiptoe. They yeah. never run on the yeah. greens. We have like, a rule. This is even at driving ranges when we roll up. Okay. What's the rules? No screaming, no crying. Like my mom was in town from Florida and we went to the driving range with her and they're like, okay, G mom, remember the rules. No screaming, <laughs> no crying. Absolutely. Yeah. They're bossy around that. Five but, and three, they're going to do whatever yeah. heck they want, but they don't scream and they don't cry on the golf course. And that's like, what that's such a huge part of it say that because, yeah and with repetition and going over and over it's like that's how they're going to learn these things and that's how they're going to keep um keep learning oh exactly with mine he wasn't necessarily um into swinging clubs he wants to hit maybe like a, a tee shot here and there and then he'll run and get it and maybe he'll hit it one more time and he'll run and it's like, like yeah absolutely get that exercise get it out of you you're in the fresh air yeah. um And then when we're on the greens, you know, my oldest used to love to come and putt, but my youngest doesn't want to. And so he takes his little dinky cars and goes in the bunker and he's playing in a sandbox. He calls it the sandbox. And then we give it a really good rake after because he's usually fucked it up really good. (laughs) And then it's fun. Like he's happy. We were happy. We got to concentrate on our putts. Everyone's happy. It's like. You just adapt, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like you, it, it doesn't need to be like obviously you need to be careful. Like the liability issue obviously is something that everyone brings up. And then obviously the loudness of most kids. And it's like, I think we've all learned, like, don't ever put that cart in front of anyone taking a tee shot. Like it's not rocket science. And then be aware of other holes that are maybe coming back down beside you where balls could be flying in from as well. Like you need to be hyper aware of your entire surroundings, but like, that doesn't mean you can't do it. And then, yeah, teaching them young golf course voice. We're quiet when someone's hitting. We don't move when someone's hitting. We don't walk here. We, you know, and I think, yeah, if you can get that ingrained at a young age, it really, what that ends up building in these kids. I see it in my 15 year old. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you were, yeah, you were just saying like how, how he's, where he's at now. So it's like that started with what you the work that you put in when he was younger and that's I think a testament to you and your patience and you know you did it and your sacrifice and all that you know you sacrificed your game for a lot of years to make sure he was on the course and Blakely's been doing that and I'm sure that's that time's going to come for me but 
right now I'm still at the point where I just strap her in. This summer is going to be different. She just started walking. So mm-hmm. I'm like, she's going to be moving. So it's going to be, it's going to be a different ball game and we're going to just have to figure it out. Yeah. And you can, you can always figure it out. Yeah. And like, yeah, I mean, with, it's so funny with Tyler, it, <laughs> there were, there were the days. So, you know, when, when we really started getting him on the course, so probably when he was about five or six, um, he would, he'd want to start playing, but it's like, like, okay, we, you're not really at the point where you can even play the forward tees. So on, on par threes, I would let him hit from the forward tees on par fours. I believe I let him hit from the 150. He was hitting it pretty good. 100 wasn't quite far enough for the par fours. You could start at 100 and then work work your way back. Um, but I would do 150 and then I would do 200 on par fives. And when he was consistently birdieing or eagling these par fours and fives from those distance, I would just shoot him back another five. Because all these holes have those markers, right? You've got the 100, the 150, the 200, yeah, 250 usually on the par fives. And you just like, I start graduating these distances and then the next thing I know, he's playing the forward tees with me. And then the next thing I know, he's out driving me. Like, no. And then the next thing I know, I'm pushing him back to the whites or I'm pushing him to, back to the blues. And, and the same thing really happened over, over the years on, on my tour. He, I, I didn't have time when I was running my events to really get him to junior events. So he didn't get that experience from a super young age. He did start playing them uh, when he was probably 10 but before that he was playing he was eight years old when he um, played on my tour for the first time and it's kind of cool the first place that he ever teed off in a tournament with me was at trestle creek which is um, west of edmonton down highway 16 and i've got this video of me announcing his name on the tee and it was all cute and everything and put him with people that we were friends with and who i knew could like make sure that he was following the proper rules and that he would follow proper etiquette and that if he got angry because back then he was kind of a little angry angry little ricky orange golfer um that he would you know if he cried or like you know whatever he yeah. he's eight years old yeah. and the cool part about that is two summers ago he had he'd never broken par um and so we were playing a mac ross junior tour event and he ended up at trestle creek now Funny enough, the tees got screwed up. So he was playing way shorter distance than he was supposed to be. Um, but the very first place that he broke or that he played in a tournament was the first place that he broke par and broke 70. Oh he God. shot a 69 in this tournament. And it was just like, it was just kind of cool. So like watch it all come full circle. And I, you know, it pushed him back all these distances. Every time he shot a good score, every time he had a win on my tour, it's like, oh, time to push you back some more time to push you into a better flight. And he's just constantly been challenged like that throughout his whole career. If you can call a 15 year old having a career and, you know, then we go to this past summer and he qualified for the Canadian junior for the first time. Well, it's his first time attempting to, he got in and his only goal was to make the cut and he made the cut at 14 years old. And it's just like, the coolest thing to yeah watch that go full circle from the time that he was just this little guy holding it like a hockey stick like he was gripping super low with his one hand and that's the one thing that's the best about golf though just in general is that it is just you and your swing and you can never perfect it and so it's like I remember being young I grew up playing at bear spa um and I remember there's I don't know if you've ever played there but hole five is a par three over the water 
And yes, as a junior, you start and there's like a little drop area. And the whole thing is like, you just want to make it over the water. And I remember to this day, the first time I made the ball over the water, and then you and then you can start moving back and you can start and then you go from like the red tees. And it was just like, you can see your improvement. It's like, a thing that's out there and you can actually see when you're it's tangible better. yeah yeah tangible that's the way i to turn my brain back on I'm going back to work <laughs> i know I'm like, I every time thinking. we talk, it's like there's a word i'm trying to think of but i can't it's think Rachel of it so i'm just talking through it <laughs> i can remember those moments and you know and a lot of the times you know my love for golf went in and out as a kid i played a lot of other sports and so um and, and then once you graduate high school you realize you have to pay for your own golf and then it's like i'm not gonna play oh. because that's expensive. And I don't have that kind of money. And then, you know, now that we're big kids, we can choose what we spend our money on. Happy that golf is, is something that my husband has recently learned to love. We well, that's exciting. Our husbands to like golf. Yeah. They didn't golf before. Non-golfers, which is crazy. I think my husband's absolutely perfect, but he had one big giant waving red flag. Big red flag. And he didn't golf. But it's, it's a like, huge red flag, you know, then we'd be on the course and I, and he wasn't having fun because he didn't know what he was doing. And, you know, my dad and my brother would invite him out. And of course now it's funny because we were in Phoenix and he'd play all these like nice courses back when he hated golf. And now the prices have skyrocketed and he's like, I'd give anything to play that course again right now. But he, he's now can beat me. And it's the most frustrating, annoying thing in the world when I would go out and just take his lunch money every single time. And now we're having battles and I'm like, damn it. Yeah. Right. God. That's, that is like, that's actually something, I mean, I relate that more to Tyler where it's like when he was young and he, when, when we were playing the, the red tee boxes together, the first time he beat me, like legit beat me from the same tee box. I was like, okay, it's on. This, this is, this is oh it. Gosh, like, yeah. here we go. And I'll never forget. And our first round, I'll never forget this. Our first round of the year, the one season, this was like three years ago. Was it Sierra Creek? We were just talking about how good Sierra Creek is and played my combo. I pushed him. I want to say to like the blue white combo at the time, maybe even blue. And I always, I don't know what it is with the exception of hole 15. I play very well at Stewie. I don't know. I don't know why. I just, I can break 80 very consistently there. And that's not something I can say about, I, I don't break 80 that much, but there I do. And I kicked his ass that day. I might've only beat him by like one stroke, but like I beat him like and it felt so good. And I was like, yes. And I was, yes, I was rubbing it in his face. I might've called him a loser that day. I'm not even kidding. And it's like, I don't know how many more, how many more chances I have to actually beat you. Like you're getting very good. You call him a loser. All right. Now that we've established that I called my kid a loser. Hey, mom of the year sometimes. Um, I could have continued uh, that recording forever because, well, I feel like we talked forever. Um, but I want to get moving on on some of these other interviews because we have a jam-packed show today. So next up, I want to introduce you to one of the female junior golfers of the month, Miss Tessa Ion. And Tessa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, can you let everyone know uh, what grade you're in, where you live, what high school you go to, and what your home course is? I'm in grade 11. I live in Calgary. My home course is Pinebrook Golf and Country Club. Nice. Do you have any nicknames amongst your other fellow golfers? 
Not really. Usually just Tesla. Usually just Tesla, though. All right. Or Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, how did you get into golf? My dad forced me into golf <gasps> when I was like five. He would bring me on his cart, and then we'd get like pizza. So it was fun, but I also sucked because I'd hit it like five yards. But then over time, I started liking it. So he wasn't forcing me anymore. You actually wanted to come, and yeah. you were seeing some improvements. Yeah. Did you get lessons, or was it just happening while you were on the course? Yeah, I him? got a few lessons, but usually just I just went by myself, and then I got better by myself. And then I met Jamie, and then he helped me, and then I just kept practicing. And How old were you when you started playing in tournaments? 11 when I started playing, yeah. Was that really nerve-wracking at first? Yeah, because I sucked. I would shoot like 140. <laughs> but you finished. Just whack it around like 10 yards per shot. Well, it's hard when you're nervous to, to make the shots that you can make yeah. outside of a tournament, right? Um, do you have goals for your future in golf? Um, I'd like to get a scholarship in Div 1 school and, yeah, just keep getting better shoot under par more. What is your handicap right now, out of curiosity? I think it's plus 0.5. What would you say is the strongest part of your game right now? Probably my irons, accuracy, accuracy, and my distance control. That's super important. That has to be the weakest part of my game, so you might have to give me lessons there. <laughs> um, why would you say you love golf? What, what draws you to it? I just like hitting a good shot and then yeah, whenever I hit a good shot, I just want to hit more and more, and then I keep hitting until I'm satisfied, which is usually never, so I just keep coming back. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a plus handicap, so I've got to imagine that you hit those good shots more often than not. What would you say your best memory is on the golf course, whether it's in a tournament or your family um, or a win? Mm, probably when I was like 12 in Mackenzie Meadows. It was my first tournament where I shot 70 and I won. Because the week before I shot like 130, I got last place in the U19 or something. And then I went a week later and won the tournament. So that was really nice. It's amazing how quickly yeah, it can turn around, just hey? Like that. Yeah. And what would you say um, the accomplishment is that you're most proud of in golf so far? Probably shooting 66. That was my best round. Wow. Where was that? Just at, um, in Sylvan Lake, forgot the course. Meadowlands. Yeah. 66 is amazing on, on those <laughs> yeah. greens because you can't really get a ball yeah, to hold no, on those I ones. I just had tap-ins for birdies. Wow. So that was nice. It's impressive. And did you also not make Team Alberta this summer, I think? Yeah, possibly? I did make it, but I had to, yeah, I had to do a playoff with ASTA to get in. And so then you won it? Yeah. And you made Team Alberta. Yeah. I'd say that's a pretty significant yeah, accomplishment, pretty too. Um, that's awesome. I enjoy seeing you around the golf course and, yeah. like we were saying, at the airport yeah. on the way to all these tournaments. I'm going to ask you some rapid-fire questions. We'll get to know Tesla a little bit better. <laughs> Who is your favorite professional golfer? Probably Nelly or Brooke. Favorite golf course in Alberta? Probably my home course, Pinebrook. Um, favorite course ever played? Uh, Mayakova in Mexico. Very cool. Yeah. Did you go into that big, like, yeah, bunker? Yeah. Oh, so cool. Uh, of course, you haven't played, but want to. Augusta. 
I think that's been everyone's answer <laughs> too. Do you play any other sports? Uh, I used to play softball and everything. I don't know. But now I just do golf. Just focused. Perfect. Yeah. Favorite milkshake or ice cream flavor? Chocolate. Favorite chip flavor? Normal. Just plain. <laughs> uh, favorite kind of pizza? Hawaiian. <gasps> she likes pineapple on pizza. Yeah. Favorite meal? Steak. With nice. some other stuff. That's, I don't know. Steak and potatoes. Just steak. Yeah. Just steak. Steak and something. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's that's it. We made it. Yay. Thank you so much for your time and thanks for being on the podcast. And yeah. congratulations on being the junior golfer of the month. The Junior Golfer of the Month is sponsored by Kevin Stevens in Scotia Wealth Management's Red Deer Office. Kevin Stevens is a wealth advisor with Scotia Wealth Management and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. All right, next up, I am so excited for this interview. I feel like it's been years in the making and I'm kind of glad that I, 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 I think both of us have kind of put it off and, and we were waiting for the right time and there is no better time than right now. I want to introduce you to a PGA of Canada professional. She works out of the Winston in Calgary and she just won a national award with the PGA of Canada and I'm just so proud of her. I'm so excited. She's worked so hard to get to this point and I really had a great conversation with her. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. All right, we are here with Kim Below from the Winston. Kim, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hi, Leah. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, I want to just get this out of the way first. We're going to start with your most recent huge accomplishment. Um, And a lot of people know, even your fellow nominees, the night that you won, (laughs) that I've been waiting for you to win this award for years. Um, I actually had a few guys come up to me after and we're like, Leah, how pumped are you that Kim won? <laughs> I, I may have screamed and jumped up and down at the back of the room a little bit, but, um, yeah, I just totally ruined the surprise. Not that it was a big surprise, but, um, you guys, Kim not only won the award for class a professional of the year with the PGA of Alberta, but that win got her nominated for a national award with the PGA of Canada and then she went on to win that. Ah, I just got like goosebumps saying that out loud. I'm so happy for you. What's what what was that whole kind of experience like? So I know you'd been nominated before and didn't win, and then all of a sudden you got it all this year. Yeah, I was yeah, thank you. I was nominated before and I thought, okay, this year is the year that we're doing it. We're going all the way. So amped up my application and yeah, it's pretty overwhelming, but um yeah, pretty good feeling. Absolutely. And, and very well deserved. Uh, you've been at the Winston for quite some time. Can you tell the listeners kind of who maybe aren't familiar with you or maybe not familiar with the Winston, how long you've been there? What, what your role is like there? Yeah, so I've been here quite a while, um, seen a lot of changes over the years. Uh, my main role right now is retail manager, and I'm also obviously a golf professional. So teaching, um, setting up tee sheets, working in the pro shop, um, some small events, uh, in-house events, just general duties every day, washing clubs once in a while, <laughs> you name it. The life of a golf pro, for sure. Yeah, a little of everything. 
before we get into more of the maybe women's content here, I I heard a funny story that I needed to ask you about. And I thought maybe we would start the interview here. Mm. Um, so you've got season tickets to the Flames. Mm-hmm. Big Flames fan. Yes. Used to be a big Johnny Goudreau fan. Very. Um, but can you kind of tell the story about how you ended up with a free signed Huberto jersey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, pretty embarrassing. Yeah. So um, my friend Kimmy and I went to the Flames game. She's a new mom. So we were having a time. It's like mom's night out. And um, all of a sudden in the start of the third period, Uyghur cleared the puck out of his end, but it went over the glass into the stands and it nailed my forehead right in the middle. I ended up um, getting six stitches in emergency later that night. Um, we contacted the flames and it's like any chance that I could get a signed jersey, uh, maybe a Huberto jersey. And they're like, yeah, we can make that happen. So that's really how I got the Huberto jersey. And I picked Huberto because as soon as I got hit, I was like, oh, like, we are bleeding right now. And Huberto came over. It was like in no time flat. And I had a brand new like bio or whatever brand of towel that they have. It was like, that is a fresh white towel. Um, so he threw a towel over the glass at me um, to help stop the bleeding on my forehead. <laughs> so really um, oh, wow. fairly, very embarrassing story. Um, yeah, but that's how I got my signed jersey. I don't think that's embarrassing at all. That is insane. Cause I mean, they make that netting. Well, you're not supposed to get pucks in the stands, right? Yeah, we're on the side, so not behind <laughs> the netting. And I saw it go up and then the puck go up and then I just kind of lost it in the lights. And I was like, well, that's going to be close to us. And then, yeah, I got me right in the middle. Yes. But they kind of like fun. Yes, like people, someone I know is always like, if you say it, it'll happen. So I, I used to be, this is kind of like the inside jokes, like Johnny signed my jersey every time Goudreau would skate past us. Um, so I do have a Johnny signed jersey. It just wasn't Goudreau, but that's okay. I will happily take a Cooper Doe signed jersey. Absolutely. <laughs> and then I think I read on Twitter, you didn't even get to keep the puck. Um, no, I didn't. Kimmy, my friend, gave it to the kid beside us. And then in the like the little medical room, they're like, what seats are you in? What, we'll go get the puck. And I was like, okay, sure. I don't really care that I have the puck. Um, but I never did end up getting the puck. But that's okay. That's okay. I got a signed picture too. So that'll I, be better. Than yeah. The puck. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah so All that's right. Okay. Well, you know, it, that's, I don't think that's an embarrassing story at all. I think that's, (laughs) it's unique. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. My mom actually got hit in the head with a puck at a Regina Pats game when I was growing up. And so I like, yeah, very much same as you, like you are spewing blood very immediately Mm -hmm. and yeah, six stitches. So are y'all healed up now? Yep. I have a little mark in the middle of my forehead, but that's okay. It's going away slowly. (laughs) Lots of scar cream and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's rewind all the way back to the beginning. You and I have been talking for quite a while um, about getting you on here. And it's almost, I kind of like that I hadn't gotten you on here yet because now we get to celebrate this big award win while we're chatting. But let's talk about how you got started in golf. How old were you and, and who got you into the game? 
Yeah, so I'm from a very small town in northern Saskatchewan, Nipwin, and the golf course is fantastic there. Um, I'm an only child, so my parents both golf, and it was easy for them to take me out onto the golf course. So I can remember kind of being out there like four years old, mom would pack like Cheerios and juice and then when I went with my dad and his friends I would get like salt and vinegar chips ginger ale so snacks were a little (laughs) bit better with my dad than my mom but um like when I golfed with my mom and her friends I would be like the pin girl so I'd play the occasional hole when I was really little but I was in charge of the pin so taking it out putting it back in and when I used to put the pin back in it would be like race you to the cart and we would like run like my mom her friends and I like racing back to our carts so that's kind of like my favorite memory of golf growing up is like being the pin girl and then it was like pretty funny a couple years ago I was golfing with my mom and her friends like I would have been in my 30s early 30s and I put the pin in and one of the friends was like race you to the cart I was like oh my god okay we're doing this so it was just kind of like a fun memory yeah absolutely yeah and then didn't really play golf in like elementary school and then kind of got a little bit more into it in high school we had an unreal high school golf coach um made it super fun um got into it a little bit more and then started playing in a lot of junior tournaments in sask couple traveling tournaments nationals um etc and then I took a year off high school because I didn't know what I wanted to do. Didn't go down to the States on a scholarship and then decided that I wanted to go to Mount Royal College because they had a golf team and I could still play ringette because ringette was a huge part of my life growing up um, and I could still play uh, in Calgary. So that's how I ended up in Calgary, basically. You know how I know you're from Saskatchewan and only because I get this all the time because I am too, is... Calgarians tell me that Calgary is actually two syllables. You say Calgary, but us Saskatchewan people say Calgary. Add another word in there. Yeah, another yeah. letter. <laughs> yeah. Extra yeah. syllable, I guess. I don't know. That's that's what I've been told. I've been here for a long time too. But uh yeah, that's how you know when someone's from Saskatchewan, apparently. Yeah, definitely from there. So yeah. <laughs> really quick before we move on, just because you brought up Nipawin and that golf course, um, this year actually Golf Canada is hosting one of their next gen events. The next gen prairie is at Evergreen in Nipawin. And I think, you know, that's an option for a lot of these Alberta juniors. And I've been doing more of a focus on juniors in these podcasts. So can you talk about that golf course? Because I I think the consensus is where's Nipawin? It's in the middle of nowhere. This golf course has to be a joke, but I've I haven't played it, but I've heard amazing things about it too. Literally the best. I love it there. The course is in phenomenal shape um, every year. You have to hit it straight. We have a lot of trees up there. Um, It's pretty flat, uh, but lots of trees. Um, Yeah, and it's in really good shape. So Nippon is a lovely nine-hour drive from Calgary. Um, it's single lane most of the way, except for between kind of like Saskatoon and PA. And if you're in Sask, it's three, about just shy of three hours Northeast of Saskatoon. Northern Saskatchewan is gorgeous. It's, we used to go camping up there every summer and we'd be in Lorange and. Yeah, it's great there. And Tobin Lake is only like 20 minutes from town. And if you're into fishing, um, Tobin Lake is amazing for fish fishing. I don't fish, but we see lots of fishermen there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. There you go. Okay, good. We've got something for the juniors. We got something for the parents and everyone's going to be happy. Highly recommend 
going to that next gen, any of the juniors from Alberta. So, and then actually the one in Alberta is up at Athabasca too. So we're like, we're going North everywhere. That's a bit of travel. Yeah. (laughs) That is the junior way apparently these days. Yeah. So, um, I guess you've been teaching group lesson stuff, I would assume for quite some time. And I'm, I I would assume that you teach a lot of ladies and can you just kind of, for, for anyone who maybe is intimidated by the game, because it is pretty male dominated out there for sure. You know, what's, what's a good way for ladies to kind of get started and and get comfortable on the course before maybe Mm -hmm. going out to a corporate event or something like that? Yeah, it can be super intimidating um, being a female in the very male dominated sport. But over the years that I've been teaching, it definitely has changed. We have a lot more females around here. Um, Ladies group lessons is kind of my like bread and butter teaching. Like it's my favorite thing, Um, especially if they're like very new beginner, because I have the opportunity to teach them everything, which is awesome. They don't pick up bad habits from other places. So when ladies come and they haven't taken a lesson from me, they get kind of like a email and it says, I know this sounds silly, but like where to park. It says what to wear, what to bring. Um, just because I know if I go somewhere to try something new, I kind of have anxiety about like, oh my God, where do I park? Is parking free? Um, where do I go? What can I wear? Can I wear a tank top? Can I wear Lululemon? Do I have to wear golf attire and I just kind of panic about that so I just make that super clear for anyone who's a beginner golfer um even in my lessons I kind of jokingly they'll always be someone who carries their bag a little bit funny backwards and say hey um can I show you another way on how to carry your golf bag so you don't look like a straight up beginner and we just go through small (laughs) things like that even like how to tee it up like don't squat down and bend your knees um to tee it up like I'll show you the cool way to tee it up and how to mark your ball and um I've focused a little bit more the last couple of years on instead of just going to the driving range and just the short practice and the putting green for beginners that we do go out onto the golf course and play kind of three to six holes of golf so if they are taking a cart they know where they can and can't drive once they're actually out onto the golf course because I mean (laughs) a lot of times you still hear it men are like oh we're behind a group of ladies and like no no we're not slow like we know how to play golf don't worry about the ladies onto the golf course so I just want to make sure that I teach them that and how to play ready golf and just a little bit of etiquette not necessarily like being crazy with the rules out there you can do that you can't do this just more of a guideline to being out onto the golf course to hopefully get them to feel more confident when they do go out and play golf on their own. Yeah, hundred percent. And there's no, like, there's no book that tells you, you know, like how to dress that, how to go check in for a tea time. Like do maybe they just go to yeah. the first tea. They don't even know they're supposed to go check in. They have a time they paid yeah. for it online. Right. Yeah. So, so your 8 a.m. tea time, you're not showing up at seven 59. Like you need to come early. Like range is included a lot of times and how to get set up and who to ask for, for help and what the starter does. And don't be afraid of the marshal or who's ever on Romer on the golf course. And just, small things like that that I take for granted because just because I've been around it for so long so yeah do you um race any of the ladies to their carts when you're playing your three <laughs> three to six I mean <laughs> I think I did in one group lesson because they asked me how I got started but no I don't often do that but I mean 
I could try. (laughs) (laughs) She's open to it. I mean, you never know. (laughs) Yeah. Make sure you're stretched up. You might have a little sprint race. Runners. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So what, what opportunities are there for ladies in, in the industry to kind of get started? Like to be able to work or for golfing? Well, maybe a bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's lots of ladies group programs. Like I know we've Carson Taylor, who's pro at the Winston has done an amazing job um, along with some of the committee members in growing our, especially our evening ladies league. Um, we had like maybe 30 regular participants and now we're up to approximately a hundred give or take. Um, wow. I know that there's some other pros doing really great programming in Calgary and area as well. Um, especially for ladies group lessons, uh, being able to go onto the golf course. And even the last couple of years, there's been a handful of younger female professionals um, join the PGA of Alberta, which is nice to see. Yeah, that number seems to be going up at a better rate than it used to, for sure. Yeah. And so um, I guess getting into the industry, um, you know, what does that look like, I guess, even you know, this isn't even necessarily women specific. Like if someone is, is looking to start working towards maybe becoming a golf pro, cause they just, they love being at the course. They love everything to do with the game. Like how does someone go about doing that? Yeah. Um, so all the information is on the PJ of Alberta website, but basically you can take a player's ability test where you have to shoot a certain score at a golf course. Um, and then you either get your card or you don't get your card um, on that day. And then through the PGA of Canada, there's education classes that you can take um, to help achieve different levels of being a PGA professional. Yeah. And like you, you kind of start out as a, an apprentice. And once you take those courses, you know, you, your awards that you won were for class A. So you've obviously taken some extra education, extra Mm -hmm. courses to get to that point. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A lot of times people will like, I did it too. People will start out in the back shop. So you're the person out there washing carts, clubs, picking the range. Traditionally, then you graduate into working in the golf shop. Um, as just like a shop employee and then that's normally when you will go and take your next steps in becoming a PGA professional um, and taking the player's ability test pot test Um, but not everyone takes that route too I know the other we just talked to a class at Mount Royal on a panel yesterday um, and there were seven of us and we all had a different story of how we became a golf professional so there's nothing written in stone on how you get your card yeah, exactly. For yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Circling back to the ladies stuff. Um, one frustration I know a lot of ladies have is where to find good golf apparel. Cause obviously there's dress codes that they need to follow. They can't just wear Lulu and, and tank tops to the golf yeah. course, <laughs> unless it's maybe some small town rural course, in which case, whatever, but you know, how can they find something that they like and different? There's so many different styles and different fashions out there too. Yeah. Lots of different ones. Um, I'm lucky I get to do the ordering for our golf course. So if I like the style, I just make sure I order one in my size. (laughs) Um, so most golf shops will be able to order anything in. So if you didn't see your size and a blue sport that you wanted. Normally you can just ask the, a golf professional and they'll custom order it in for you. Um, 
there's tons of different brands. More brands are getting a little bit more size inclusive. So I know Adidas especially offers plus sizes. Um, Nancy Lopez. There's lots of clothes now that are a little bit more crossover hybrid. So it doesn't, you can go golfing and then you can go to the grocery store and it doesn't look like you just played a round of golf, which is pretty cool too, because squirts are like, like a hundred dollars or a little bit more polos can be eighty dollars 120 ish on average so i mean one golf outfit gets a little bit expensive but if you can wear it for let's say you want to play pickleball or you're going out hiking or walking like if you can wear those that apparel for something else it's a bit friendlier on your budget yeah, for sure. And we just actually on the podcast at the end of February, we were talking about how the Calgary Golf Show is coming back and we've got the clearance mm-hmm. center there. I know that is, that's a place that I would kind of do my shopping. It's all the previous year's styles and the, yeah, it's but awesome. you can get a great deal on it because the shops don't want to bring it back in. They got new stuff that they want to sell this season. Yeah. Right? So I know like we'll, we'll be there and we're taking a lot of our old clothes there and basically they're about like 50% off when they're yeah. at the current center and there's tons to choose from there's men's there's ladies outerwear there's shoes there there's hats there so if you're just looking to get an outfit or two and you don't want to break the budget because you don't know or if you have just like one corporate tournament that you have to play in and you want a, a new golf outfit going to that clearance center is awesome because there's such great deals there and they I believe they also have a change room there too so that's always nice especially for ladies yeah yeah. yeah, that's that's always where I <laughs> I'm kind of cheap <laughs> like that, I guess. But I always get uh, a nice Not cheap, deal. But if you don't care, like blue shirt's a blue shirt. Yeah, squirt's pink, pink squirt. Yeah, and who? I mean, really? Yes, the golf pros know that it's last season style, but no one else is gonna care. So no, I wear stuff from a couple years ago still. So I yeah. wear stuff from I don't even want to say how long. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's, and that stuff lasts forever. I mean, it's, it, it is expensive, but it's high quality and it, it does last yeah. forever. So absolutely. If you can make it like a lifestyle piece more than just a golf piece, then it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Now there's also been kind of a revelation in, in equipment too, for ladies, and there's a whole bunch of different levels. So, you know, you've got like the beginner equipment with maybe wider soles for more forgiveness. There could be people listening to what I just said that have no idea what the hell that means. So can you talk a little bit about um, the different types of equipment that that women can be looking at at the different levels? Yeah, for sure. So like women's equipment has grown exponentially in the last couple of years, even from when I started to become a golf pro. It was like, here's your couple options, not a lot of options. So there's beginner golf bags where it's a complete set. Um, the maximum clubs you can have in your bag is 14, but some of the beginner sets might only have like eight, 10, 12 clubs in there because chances are a beginner doesn't need all of those clubs in there. So why spend the money on a complete 14 piece set if you never need it? Um, for anyone who is looking at golf clubs, I would recommend talking to a golf professional. Um, it's our job (laughs) and we will help you find the right set of clubs. Um, a good story is I taught a lady a couple years ago. She had never golfed before in her life and her husband had recently passed away. So she's like, you know what, I'm going to get into golf. And she was maybe in her sixties and 
So we obviously have clubs that she can just borrow for our lessons. So I was just lending her a set of clubs. And I said, okay, now before you go and buy a set of clubs, let me know what you're looking at. If you're looking to buy elsewhere, not through us, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me. And she's like, okay, okay. And then also next lesson, she showed up with a full bag of Callaways, but they were from like maybe 1999, like they were pretty old. So I said, oh, do you mind asking like, like how much did you pay for those? And she's like, $500. I was like, oh my God, God. like you overpaid immensely for this bag of clubs. She's like, oh really? The guy said it was a good deal. Oh, did you? She's like, I got them off Kijiji. And I was like, oh, like if you don't want to buy clubs through us, that's fine. At the end of the day, I am a golf professional and I just want to help you find the right equipment. So she's like, are are these not good? And I said, oh no, they're good. If you just think of like BMW from 2000, like it's not going to have the features of a car today. (laughs) Still a really good car, but um yeah so the poor lady she overspent on clubs which is unfortunate but yeah um yes clubs do make a difference ladies are typically a little bit shorter a little bit lighter um which will in the end of the day end of your round will help you enjoy golf a little bit more I see a lot of ladies be like oh these are my husband's old clubs it's like extra stiff driver too long it's just like oh it's just a struggle like let me help you find the right equipment. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars on equipment. There's starter sets for 500 ish dollars. Even if you get clubs that are a little bit older, as in like two to five years older, um, <laughs> definitely a more affordable option and still will be really great for you. If, if you're a beginner golfer. Yeah, for sure. Enlist your golf professional before purchasing clubs. That is like, just ask, like, that's our job. We're there to help you do that. So just ask. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, They're not, you guys, they're not trying to screw you. They're not trying to get a cut of some say, like they literally, their job is to help you enjoy the game more. And that I want to help you enjoy the game. I want you to be happy when you come off of the golf course. Yeah. You, you, you want yeah. them to want to come back, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have at least one of those shots where it's like, okay, I, I, I love it. Even if the other 90 shots or whatever are, you know, I want to quit this game. All it takes is one. We all know that. It takes yeah. one good shot. One in your hook, you'll be back all day exactly. in the golf shop. We ask, how was your round? And we never hear that. Oh yeah, yeah, shanked it, hit it off a cart and went into the water. Like we never hear about the bad shots. We only hear about the good shots all the time. So yeah. Totally. Well, it's been awesome having you on here for International Women's Day. And I'm just so glad that, you know, we were finally able to connect. We've been sort of talking about this, I feel like for a while. And you've been (laughs) able to kind of like, keep me at bay. But now that you won this award, there was no way I was going to let that slide anymore. So congratulations once again, Kim, I'm so happy for you. And, and thank you for, for being such a steward for golf and for women in this industry. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you to all you do for golf too in Alberta. Of course. I love it. All right. If you are looking for women's lessons, um, and you're somewhere around the Winston and in, you know, pretty centrally located in Calgary, him is definitely someone that you want to look for some lesson packages from. Um, She does a ton of awesome stuff out there. So thanks again, Kim, for being on the podcast. 
And we're going to close it out here uh, a little bit differently than we have in the past, just because my conversation with Blakely and Sonia from Club Twirls with the Girls is just is too funny. And there was too many pieces that I'm not even going to get on this podcast, but I know we're already approaching an hour. So um, I won't subject you to too much more, but we had a really important discussion towards the end of our talk and it, the, it was still recording. So I'm really excited about that because this is, this is really important stuff. So here it is. I have one more thing before I let you guys go. This became like a thing in our DMs um, as as we were leading up to this, and when you were down in Phoenix. Sounds very and serious. It 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 is a very serious topic. Hot dogs at the turn. Guys. Blakely, Blakely. Okay, can I? I'm assuming you are the one that posted the poll, right? Because I noticed on one of the options, there was literal clown emojis beside the option that I wanted to choose, <laughs> which made me feel like a clown. But I chose it anyway, and so did a lot of other people. Including myself, Blake. I thought it was a joke. I thought you guys were kidding. <laughs> I didn't know that people would for real eat a hot dog with absolutely nothing on it. Don't you remember like hot dog days in grade six? Yeah. And then like I, you get the dog? Catch up on no. them. So the option in this poll was Sonia that day had had a hot dog with ketchup on it. Mm-hmm. And I had a hot dog and I'll put everything on it. Ketchup, mustard, relish, whatever is there. I'm loading that baby up. You're an animal. And then I was like, Sonia, I need one more option for the poll. And she was like, plain. And I'm like, okay, well, I already put the ketchup option. She's like, no, I'm talking like nothing plain. on it. Plane. I found out that Sonia and Leah apparently are eating dry dogs on the course. Okay, but it's all about the I'm, bun. I'm concerned. It's the bun is super important. It cannot be crusty and dry. No, Mm-mm. I can't do it. I think there was like nine people that voted for plane, and I was like mind blown. Yeah, and those are my people. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like they understand if you got a like a Costco dog, I could do plane all day. That bun, that dog, it's like a juicy dog and a nice like moist bun forget about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. But can't be soggy. Cause sometimes they wrap them in foil and it ends up that there's like condensation and it's like literally soggy and that's fucking disgusting, but it's like it, the bun is so important, but a plain dog, like I just, you know I'm not a big condiment person. 10 times out of 10, I will get more toppings on is the pocket dog at a flames game. I live yeah. for a pocket dog. Like, you know, the dog I'm talking about, right? Leah? I know the dog that a you're talking dog. about. I've never had a pocket dog. <gasps> You absolutely cannot eat that dry. You can't eat it dry because it's like a baguette. That is not it. It's, it's like a baguette and they take, they take the middle out of it. and then they. Just- I, I do. Yeah, I remember seeing that. But that and maybe that's why, like, I'm not a big cat. That's a good thing. <laughs> this is a podcast. You know what? Good thing this is not a vlog. Yeah. Um, but yes, the pocket dog and then the last bite of a pocket dog. I just, because all of the toppings go to the bottom. And then it's just like this, like, and there's cheese. There's, I, I mean, I really only get ketchup and cheese. So they had cheese. Okay. I could never say no to cheese. But it no, absolutely cheese, not. Like cheese is good. Blakely's Blakely's dead. What is happening? Okay, you but you gotta load up that dog. I'm gonna give you no. a dry dog and you're gonna try it. Like a hot It's dog. gotta be the right bun. It's gotta be we gotta give her like the right experience. I'll, right I'll go to Costco and get her a dog. I don't know. I'll splurge. Hey, we're, we're you gonna know get you, we're gonna get you all the dogs. We're gonna do a, a, a dog trying. We're going to Stewart Creek. 
We're getting plain dogs. I will have no Stewie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of Stewie's buns. That's not the place to do it. It's not the place to do it. Sorry, Stewie. I love the course. I don't love the buns. They're more of a smoky. (laughs) Their smokies are great. They grill them fresh, like right there. That's what takes so long at the turn, right? Like they got like the the barbecue there, but um, yeah, the buns are not the thing. What's wrong with the bun? Is it too dry? dry it's kind of a crustier it's uh, not it's not as a soft baguette style. yeah it's a baguette yeah style. can't have you yeah. i will fully admit you cannot dry dog a baguette style no <laughs> i don't like this okay but there was another option that i threw out in our dms that sonia was on board with and i think blakely wanted to die even worse oh, no. and i got told i i tell people this she just remembered it <laughs> I tell people this and they think I'm fucking disgusting. I don't understand. Like, it's like mayo. If you've never had mayo on a dog, you need to try mayo and shredded cheese. Mm. Yep. I'm there for it. But like, I would do mayo without ketchup. I think I would have to have a ketchup mayo fusion. That's, that's fine too. Oh, I could do mayo all day. I am bummed out about this. Okay, have you never dipped your French fries from McDonald's in McChicken sauce, aka mayo? Have you never? Oh, what? Oh no, I haven't. I, I haven't done it. No, I. I the only <gasps> time I've ever it. had mayo on fries is in Mexico because they push it hard. At, it's like, delicious. The They're like, here's your mayo. We're Why have wouldn't a you? Day of eating fast food. <laughs> oh, this has been fun. This cannot be the last time we do this. It definitely. It, went. it definitely won't be. <laughs> you're so weird <laughs> i don't even know uh, we're actually learning so much we've been best friends we met in grade six on a driving range and we've been best friends ever since we went all through junior high high school together um i we in university i mean i played volleyball here and she would come to my games and we and then she went to university after we've like literally bo- like had this bond since we were in grade six literally grown up together but i say literally and you're learning and learning but but learning (laughs) literally much. i was but learning so much about each other so like a dry dog yeah there's there's so much to learn or the hot chocolate thing but you know we've never actually lived together all this time yeah that's true we never lived together so there's a lot of things like like, yeah small day-to-day things you know i'm not a coffee person i'd rather have hot chocolate i would rather die you, you're gonna have to teach me I don't know if you've seen my swing but I don't have the greatest form of club twirling so I might need a lesson on that you know what that should process, be your goal for the year that's your goal. I think it's it's gonna be it's gotta be because there's yeah. nothing like a good twirl no I just like I kind of put it back in its slot like a, like a little gun or something oh, but it's like it's just the twirl doesn't it's not there to a bar in phoenix and blakely was trying to teach we had some margs and blakely was trying to teach this lady how to do a club twirl with a butter knife and it was fantastic and she was like what do i do just this and then she spun it i was like you just learned how to club twirl with a butter knife that's what wow wow that is impressive all right ladies thank you so much and happy international women's day to you happy international women's day to you thank you oh man 
that was such a good time, that conversation. There is still way more to come. Um, I didn't get in everything in this podcast that I wanted to because that's clearly not possible. We're already over an hour. I don't like having podcasts that are that long, so my apologies, sort of. But this content was just too golden today um, to make it any shorter. So we'll still have our regular scheduled programming at the end of March, and we'll have the rest of the content then. And don't forget that we are starting a favorite hole bracket. So if you haven't given us any feedback yet, make sure you do. We need the top 64 to really be like the 64 best golf holes in Alberta. Also, don't forget that we have the Calgary Golf Show coming up March 18th and 19th in Calgary at the BMO Center. Make sure you make an appearance to that, and we're also going to give away a couple pairs of tickets to that. And as always, thank you for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GolfLifeAB, as well as the website at GolfLifeAB.com. We'll see you next time.